Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia-Pacific shares are mixed this Monday morning as investors keep an eye on the COVID situation in India. Tokyo is in the red. The Nikkei is trading down one-third of a percent, but Seoul and Sydney are in the green. Investors have a lot of news to assess this morning from corporate earnings to the cabinet reshuffle here in Singapore. Joining me now to break down all the market action, back from this weekend, looking as fresh as ever. How are you doing, Ryan Huang? Hey, Michelle. Happy Monday. Yeah, and to you. COVID-19 earnings and inflations. Now, these are three of the big items on investors' radars this morning. As we kick off, what is set to be a busy week for markets? So I want to start with COVID-19. There seems to be, Ryan, a real dichotomy in headlines this morning, which perhaps reflects the divergent paths that the global pandemic is starting to take. So on the one hand, we see cases sharply rising in places like India. The U.S. is racing to aid the subcontinent and and Singapore is flying medical supplies there as well. At the same time, parts of the U.S., in particular the state of Michigan, are beginning to see hospital wards fill up with younger patients due to a new variant of the disease. Meanwhile, though, there are new signs of reopenings. So the biggest headline on this front this morning is that the EU is set to welcome tourists from the U.S. for the first time in more than a year. So what's the latest here? Yeah, quite a diverging picture across the world when it comes to COVID-19. You've got India and Japan really becoming hotspots. In fact, Japan has imposed a state of emergency in Tokyo and Osaka and two other areas. So that is something to worry about. But if you look at what's happening on the front where the EU is concerned, they are set to let vaccinated U.S. tourists in this summer. So that is going to be good news for parts of the economy. And this is after nearly a year where... Pretty much tourism has dried up mm. and a lot of the workers in that industry has suffered. So this is going to be welcome news for that industry and, of course, the wider economy. So this is, of course, off the back of the vaccine deployment that has been quite successful in the U.S. as well as in the EU. So we are hopefully looking at this as paving the way for more countries to do the same. But this is also raising a few questions how this is reflecting that richer economies, all countries are benefiting because they had the benefit of more resources to roll out deployments of vaccines. So when tourism comes back, the richer countries are the ones benefiting first. And maybe it might take a long, long time for the developing ones or the poorer ones to come back online. So this is another divergent front on tourism coming back. Yeah, early signs of vaccine inequality. So here at home, there are also reports that the much-awaited travel bubble with Hong Kong may finally kick off. An announcement could come as early as today. And the Shangri-La Dialogue, the high-profile defence forum that takes place here most years, except for last year, that's set to resume with in-person meetings. Organisers say the Shangri-La Hotel will be designated as a bubble. Another interesting trend that we're seeing develop is new travel rules that could widen the rift between China and the West. It all comes down, it seems, to which vaccine you've received. Tell us more. Yeah, this is interesting because what we have right now is a situation where some countries recognize more other vaccines more than others. So not Mm. all vaccines are equal in this sense. For example, if you want to travel around in China, you need to have Sinovac. 
they don't recognize any other vaccine like AstraZeneca or Pfizer and whatnot. And if you want to go to the UK, for example, what you need is not Sinovac, but something like AstraZeneca. So this is now a bit of a dilemma for someone who wants to travel for business, for example. If you want to go to the UK, you need to get the Pfizer shot or AstraZeneca shot. So this will raise your chances of being approved for entry. But if you also need to travel around in China, on top of the UK, you have a bit of a st- sticky situation where you have to decide what you want more. Do you want to travel around China more or do you want to travel internationally more? Because according to the vaccine you take, it will affect the chances of your visa being approved. On one more note on this front, I'm not sure if you saw photos from New Zealand this weekend. A bank called 660 performed to a sellout crowd in a sports stadium with more than 50,000 people in attendance. No masks needed. It's a sign of how successful New Zealand has been in fighting the pandemic. Organizers say the concert was the largest live music event worldwide since the pandemic began more than a year ago. So good for New Zealand. And while there's a lot of COVID-related news to digest, certainly not the only thing on investors' plates this week. Earnings and the Federal Reserve will also be in focus. What are we? What should we be on the lookout here? Yeah, so the FOMC will be making its rate decision, but no changes expected on the interest rate front. It is going to be interesting though because in the lead up to this, you have quite a bit of encouraging data on the economic front. You've got indicators pointing to how the consumer spending picture is improving. The jobless claims numbers have been under 600k for two weeks in a row. And on Friday, last Friday, we had a 21% jump in new home sales. So that is also painting a picture of the US economy bouncing back. And also, if you look at the earnings, the earnings picture and the report cards that have been coming through, a lot of companies have been beating expectations and painting a brighter outlook. In fact, so confident that they might be even raising prices. So all that feeds into inflation expectations. So the question here is, will the Fed recognize it enough for them to move the needle when it comes to expectations on their front? Will they hint or at least signal that they might start thinking about thinking about raising interest rates? So that is one potential turning point on Thursday coming through where we might get a signal of the Fed finally recognizing that inflation is going to be stickier than expected. And you have to bear in mind that they have raised their growth forecasts recently, uh, just three months apart from the previous forecast. So you are looking at a situation that is quite dynamic and improving quite fast. Mm -hmm. So maybe they might improve their outlook again. So that is what we are looking out for on the FOMC front. Of course, the earnings season really heats up this week with the FANG stocks in focus. You've got Facebook, Amazon, Apple, and Alphabet in focus. Netflix was last week. So growth picture or rather growth names will be in focus this week. And this is also interesting because it will come amid the expected announcement from Joe Biden around capital gains taxes that hike to 43.4% as well as potentially more tax policies that might move the needle on expectations or the outlook for these growth stocks. 
Yeah, and Tesla earnings out tonight, and that'll be interesting as well to see whether their bet on Bitcoin has really paid off for them on their balance sheets or whether all this volatility um, has affected the company's earnings. Now, here at home, a slew of REITs reported earnings on Friday. Suntech, Fraser Centerpoint, Trust and Parkway Life, they're all posting jumps in distributions per unit. Ryan, are you surprised at all by this? What is driving their strong numbers? Yeah, well, it was just a matter of time before things bounce back. Mm. And if you look at what we have right now, for example, Fraser's Commercial Centerpoint Trust, they are saying their portfolio of uh, tenants grew 0.4% in January and in February it was up 11.7%. So you are looking at activity picking up and of course off the back of COVID-19 restrictions being lifted gradually and people from um, lockdowns or tighter restrictions from working in the office starting to go back out. So that is more traffic for the malls. So that's good news. And looking at what we have, we are looking at a improving picture going by what we are seeing so far. So looking at the broader economy and how the Singapore economy is expected to bounce back this year, it looks like the REITs are in for a stronger quarters to come. Not every REIT is doing so well, though. Ascendus is reporting a drop in occupancy levels down to about 90% overall and a few points lower than that for its properties here in Singapore. Now, in other corporate news, Sheng Xiong is due to hold its annual general meeting today via webcast. Ahead of the AGM, though, company officials shared an insight about their dividend policy. So what do investors need to know, Ryan? Yeah, so what we have in focus is how much the company is going to be comfortable paying out when it comes to its uh, dividends. And right now, the payout ratio is 70%. So the question is, will they keep to this 70%? And you have to bear in mind, this was trimmed down from 90% a few years ago as the company said it needed a war chest on hand to conserve cash. So what we have right now is a backdrop where you have the pandemic situation improving. So the outlook for Sheng Xiong is not going to be as super for its earnings when it comes to what's going to come in the next few quarters because it really had a strong year in the past 12 months. So it's not going to repeat that picture. So in that sense, it might want to be more conservative after such a strong year, because this year with more people going out and enjoying themselves, you won't get the supermarket frenzy or supermarket boost that you saw um, its stock price getting in the past year. So it might be inclined to just stick to its dividend mm-hmm. or payout ratio at 70%. So that is going to be the question at the AGM. Let's zoom out now from earnings and take a look at the major big picture item that local investors are going to be taking into account this morning. And that is the cabinet reshuffle. For those who missed the announcement on Friday, Lawrence Wong is set to take over the finance ministry. Uh, Ryan, what have you heard so far in terms of market reaction? Are analysts expecting uh, Wong to institute any changes in finance policy? Yeah, going by what we've been getting in terms of comments coming through from various industry watchers, Pretty much, he is not expected to rock the boat. Mm. And I think you have to bear in mind a couple of things. Uh, Lawrence Wong was Second Minister of Finance, so he's been pretty much in the ministry for quite some time. And if you look at how the ministry works, it's not just the minister running the show. You've got a lot of civil servants behind the scenes, a lot of policymakers as well. So to a certain extent, you are looking at the same machine. 
but maybe a different minister in charge of it. So this is going to be important as you look at how Singapore is trying to um, navigate its way out of the COVID-19 situation. We've had five budgets last year. So people are asking, will he change the tone of how Singapore tackles COVID-19? And by most accounts, it is quite an integrated approach. It's the finance ministry working with transport, working with health, and this is unlikely to change because it is a wider strategy that Singapore is taking. Heavyweight portfolio that. Before we check in on stocks, I have a game for you, Ryan. I'm going to name two items and you tell me which one you think is performing better than the other. Are you ready? Let's go. Online sales versus brick and mortar here in Singapore. I am inclined to say online sales may be fading because we had a strong (laughs) period for them last year when we had COVID-19 and people were just stuck at home. But now it is back to uh, one step closer to normal and maybe that boost is starting to fade. On the dot there. It's brick and mortar that's doing better than online sales. Online sales in Singapore peaked at about 25% last May. They've tapered off to just 10% of all retail sales in February. Next up, Ryan, the UK versus the US in terms of economic growth. Yeah, it looks like the UK has really shaken off most of the well, gloomy news. We had Brexit last year. We had so many troubles with what's happening in the UK economy. Mm. But now going by the latest report we are getting from Goldman Sachs, they are painting a picture where the US or rather the UK economy is going to bounce back more strongly than the US. So the latest number they have is for GDP in the UK to grow 7.8%. And that will beat Goldman Sachs' forecast for the US at 6.8%. Absolutely on spot. So the UK expected to do better than the US, at least uh, from Goldman Sachs' perspective in terms of economic growth. The Straits Times Index lost ground last week, falling a quarter of a percent, but the SDI still managed to rally on Friday, finishing the week on a positive note. It closed up two-tenths of a percent at 31.94. So Ryan, how's the Blue Chip Index doing this Monday morning as we kick off the last week of April? We are looking at the STI giving back those gains on Friday. It's down by 0.3%. And a quick snapshot of how the STI looks. Mm -hmm. Just slightly more red in the picture. So around 20 names in the red versus 10 in the green. And right at the bottom, Jari Matheson Holdings is down 2.3%. Sampop Industries giving back gains from last week is down 1.4%. And DBS down by 0.4%. And we actually had some news about a potential travel bubble between Hong Kong and Singapore. Sometime, maybe next month happening. That is failing to lift SIA, which is now down by 0.4%. And on the flip side, right at the top of the STI table, Capitaland Integrated Commercial Trust is up by 0.9% at 219 And this is after this morning's earnings that it has just reported, or rather it's first quarter business update. And we are looking at CICT, um, looking at a bounce of 66.6% for its net property income. And this was partly due to income contribution from Raffles City Singapore on a 100% basis versus last year on a 40% basis as it was then a joint venture. All right. Thank you very much for those numbers. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg 
or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.